Who the bloody hell's that? Should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to chapter 158 of the Corona Diaries. I'm just just turning you down a bit. That nearly blew my head off. <laughs> Did it? I'm sorry. <laughs> my brain is, is now just slowly coming back to its normal size. I'm sorry. I thought I had to shout because you're so far away. Well, I am. It's true. I'm. I'm even quite a long way from myself. Um, I'm in the old town in Montreal, Anthony, um, and um, I'm enjoying it. Actually, I, I had a lovely flight. Um, everything about the flight was lovely because God knows I've had some some horrors, but um, this one was, you know, rocked up at Heathrow with with. Rumours flying around of, of security staff being on strike and whatnot. And, you know, typically whatever you see on the news is usually not going on in real life. No. So got it got to Heathrow, checked in with a very nice lady, what you know, got through security nice and quickly. Didn't even make the machine go beep. Which I always do, even if I walk through stark naked, it usually goes beep. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's the... Um, well, I don't know what it is. I think I must have something internally. Um, it might be where I had me, uh, me thumb repaired all those years ago. I think they repaired it with some, some wiring or something. Oh. Oh. Uh, Sorry, I was just distracted there by a Russian on TV who suddenly went sideways. <laughs> Are you watching telly as well as recording? It's just on. It's not my fault. Oh. <coughs> I'd got the BBC World on and she was interviewing a, a Russian who didn't seem too happy about it in the first place. And then he suddenly went sideways and, and fucked off. Oh. Um, anyway... Um, so yes, so I had a very pleasant flight. Got got you know got on the got through, went in the lounge, drank gin, got on a plane, chilled out, got off again. It was all right, really. It was all right. How long is the flight? Seven and a half. But I think that was not too bad. I think it was quicker than that. They said it'd be seven and a half, and I think we were down in under seven. Wow. So maybe we had favourable winds. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, sailed through, I mean, sailed through border control um, with Frenchie. They, said they did the usual, why are you visiting Canada, sir? And I said, because I'm a singer, to do a show. And um, 
he went, oh, part of the show, and I went, oh, whereabouts, and all of that. And Frenchie was next to me at the next cubicle, and he's going, you better let him in, because I won't get paid if you don't. So he was shouting across. But they took exception to that and detained Frenchie, and I sailed through, so that was good. Um, and well, by the time I got, got down to the, the bags, my, my bags were the first ones out for the first time in a, that I can ever remember. So I felt pampered. I mean, I'm sure it was all mm. coincidence. And then, uh, and then, and then, uh, Anik met us in arrivals and put us in a nice car and drove us here to a new hotel in the old town, which is great. And I've got a room. Just, I mean, you could kick a ball about in my room. It's huge. So I'm going to go out and buy a ball later, and a couple of goals, and. Um, and then I managed to find BBC World on the telly, so I'm just in a state of grace, really. Because normally when mm. you come to these foreign climbs, you end up with, if you're lucky, CNN. And if you're not lucky, Bloomberg. I mean, who the fuck watches that? But but it always seems to be on. Um, so, yeah, it's all great. Sun's shining. I went out, had eggs benedict to smoked salmon for breakfast. Ooh. In the old town. Ooh. Breakfast of champions. So, yeah, spoilt to death or what? I'd say, yeah. I'd say not or what? I'd say, I, I, I'd not, I would not in the infirmary on um, spoilt to death. Hmm. Hmm. Do you think something might now go wrong because everything's gone so right so far? I mean, it's a certainty. I'll probably drop this right. cup of. Oh, great tea in my laptop in a minute. That, that'll take the shine off the afternoon. Well, it'll fuck up 158 for a start. <laughs> it will. Mm. You'll have to use the Zoom. I didn't, I didn't know you drank Earl Grey. I don't. I don't, but I passed a corner shop in the old town and I was principally looking for uh, painkillers because I've got a G-clamp on my head with the, um, with the jet lag. And I got in there, it was like an Aladdin's cave of all sorts. Look, I've got melatonin. I've got. Ooh, the old sleeping stuff. Yeah, but it doesn't tell you how many to take, so that could get very ugly. Mm. Um, they're ever so tiny, little, little. They're not really tablets, they're more like little. I'm going to show you one. <laughs> I'm going to show the listeners one. Look. Yeah, this works really well. <laughs> they look like that, listeners. Oh, they're mine, you. They are, aren't they? They're like, uh, what are they like? Well, they're like birth control tablets. Let's hope they are melatonin, and, I, and it's not a strange French translation for... I don't want a pair of tits when I get home. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't Maybe s- just a single tit. <laughs> it doesn't say how many to have, so... <laughs> There's nowhere on it that it says, you know, have one or have seven or just neck the, neck the bottle and neck see bottle. how you get on. So, um, well, they look like those little mints, you know, those really strong mints you get in the little tins. Yes, yes, they are. That's true. That's a slightly more delicate um, description than mine, isn't it? Um, they do a bit. I mean, I don't know. They're made by Jameson, so maybe they're just sort of Irish whiskey. I 
<laughs> Irish whiskey sleeping tablets. <laughs> I had a terrible, I, terrible night's sleep. <laughs> I would, I would, err uh, with, I would err uh, on slight caution. Yeah, when it comes to quantity, when it comes to any kind of drugs, really. That's yeah. been my problem in the past. Yeah, the lack of. So, are you going to be administering the melatonin while you're there? Then is this an effort to get your full eight hours? Well. I, I was just drawn to it by the fact that it's probably illegal in England and, and yet it was available in a corner shop. So I thought, I'm buying that whether I want it or not, because you know, right. as an act of rebellion. So there they are. In fact, they, in fact, they look a bit... I'm just going to hold the bottle up as well to the listeners because they do okay. look a bit like something from a garden centre more than from a drugstore, do. don't they? They look like something you, they do. you would... You would douse your tomatoes with rather than t- yeah. take yourself. They've got a touch of that and there's a nice sort of picture of leaves on it. More yeah. like Baby Bio, really. Yeah, it's got a shrubbery feel, hasn't it? Mm, it has got a shrubbery feel as a piece of design. I think, yeah. they've, I think they've kind of... There's some way off with the image they should be uh, projecting. Promoting. Hmm. Mm, I agree with you. I, I agree. So. so, I didn't realise that Montreal had an old town. So, tell me about the old town. Is it, is, this is all sounding delightful, you know. The old town is down by the river. Uh, now, I don't know which river it is. No, I'll check. I'll check while you I talk. I think it might be St. Lawrence, because I think the Hudson is elsewhere. Or it might be some kind of confluence of the two. Because I bought vibes of kind of a couple of knitted characters when he was really little uh, with with uh, stripes on them from the Hudson Bay Company in, in Montreal. Um, and they have a kind of signature colour scheme, that the Hudson Bay Company, with a sort of red, yellow and blue stripe on them. And um, I called the knitted characters Hudson and Lawrence and he still has Hudson and Lawrence to this day, even though he's 14. I don't think he cuddles him much now, have it? Now his voice is broken. <laughs> no. But, but they're still kicking about. Um, so I, I think Canada's famous for the Hudson and the Lawrence, isn't it? Or the St. Lawrence. And that's the name yeah. of the knitted characters. And I think this might be... I think it might be the Lawrence of Montreal. Is it Quebec? Oh, well, I'm, I'm looking at a map that's got the Prairies River on it. Oh, well, there you go. I'm going to have to buy another knitted character. I'm way off beam. Uh, but there is there is the, the Lawrence as well. That's that's fine, obviously. So mm. Lawrence River, yeah, you're mm. fine with that. But I'm, I'm looking at another thing that says Prairies River. I'm trying to find you. You don't appear to be on a map. Oh, I am. Um, anyway, the, the old town is down by a river. Um with a, you know, there's a sort of promenade and everything. Um, and there's a, there's a Cirque Soleil on the prom, a, a permanent one. Um, and it's very nice, the old town. It's it's the best bit of Montreal in terms of, you know, the, uh, the vista. Um, it might be not the best, you know, it's very touristy with, with being an old town like most old towns. It's cobbled streets and... Stone buildings and lots of cafes and restaurants, and some of it is um, 
pedestrianised uh, or has been pedestrianised. So, you, you know, you, you can't get down all the streets in a car. So people wander about and sit out and it's groovy. I've been, been here quite a few times before. And I usually come looking for the old town and, you know, find a calf and sit out and chill out. Because you are a people watcher, aren't you? I am. I like to be in amongst folk. Um, I'm not a behind electric gates, leave me alone kind of guy. Um, I'm. I like to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I. I like few things more than sitting watching people go by. You know. Um, I mean, it's all right if they stop and talk to me as well, up to a point. You know, and then then it's a bit. Gets tiresome if it's constant all day long, but it rarely is. So I like to be in amongst it. Hmm. Hmm. What um, else was I going to say about the old town? There's a lot of steak places in the old town, and seems to be a lot of steak restaurants and whatnot. And and I'm just mi- trying micro breweries, things like that, you know, for the tourists. Right. I'm just trying to find out a bit more about melatonin. Oh, all right, yeah. It, it's a hormone, apparently, used for sleep problems. Mm, that's it. Well, as you get older, you, pro- you produce less and less of it naturally. Um, when you're in your teens, you produce loads of it, which is why you can never get teenagers out of bed. And then as you right. get, get older and older, it sort of depletes, which is why... People of our generation, or maybe mine, or the, the royal our generation, have much more trouble sleeping because we don't produce as much melatonin. And so the theory is that if you have this, um, you know, additional melatonin in tablet form, you'll sleep a bit better. Whether that's true, I'm about to find out. Well, it's not okay to take it every night as a recommendation, but I think that means for the rest of your life. So I think while you're there, you'll be fine. Uh, um, of yeah. the possible side effects, <laughs> short-lasting feelings of depression, <laughs> mild tremors, oh. mild anxiety, oh. abdominal cramps, irritability, reduced alertness, confusion, or right. disorientation. Oh, and I'm all right then, because I've got all that already. I knew that was going to be a response as I went on with the list. I thought I better finish this list because it's going to make the it's going to make the payoff line so much better. I've got that in spades. You've got loads of that, loads of that. Well, you'll have to let us know how you get on. Yes, I almost wish we'd 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 kind of arranged to do this for ten minutes every day. <laughs> So we could have done a post-melatonin night one segment next. Yeah, where In I, fact, I'm wondering whether we should. I, what well, are you doing tomorrow? I think it's highly likely that I won't turn up because I'll be asleep, uh, which <laughs> sort of... Uh, and then you could go, ah, I told, I told you, folks. Ah, there we are. Exactly. <laughs> Seems exactly. to have worked I could well. reach. I could read from the old town guidebook. You could. I thought you were going to say I could read from the Old Testament. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, but hang on a minute. I've just thought about what we can do when we finish the diary. You, you could smite a few people. People only seem to be smote, don't they, in the Old Testament? There's a lot of smiting and smoting goes on. A lot of that. A lot of a lot of stuff about oxen. 
um, seems to appear a lot. But I think that's what we should do next. When we finish the diary, you should do reading, readings from the Old Testament <laughs> in a Charlton Heston voice. <laughs> How about in Scouts? That could be quite good. <laughs> <laughs> the Old Testament in Scouts. Now, we're going to hell, obviously, but I think that's genius. <laughs> Fire and brimstone. <laughs> and the Lord saith unto Moses. <laughs> but... <laughs> oh, we're in trouble now, aren't we? Take that, people, out of wherever you are. Yes, um, mate. Maybe we'll pass on that one. Yeah, That's still in progress. Yeah, I can't really busk on the Old Testament. I'm... Can you not? No, I'm not capable of, of busking because I, I, I don't think I know enough about it. I haven't read a lot of Old Testament, if I'm being honest. It's all fire and brimstone and all that kind of stuff, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. Plagues um, of locusts and all that yeah, kind of. And, and uh, begatting. There's a lot of smoting and begatting. A lot of begatting. Yes. Yeah. I think I'd be begatting all, revisited. I'd be all right on the begatting. I just think I'd struggle with the smiting. Right. Have you been known to have a begat? As Michael Jackson once said, <laughs> "I'm a begatter, not a smiter." There's definitely something with begatting and begetting. <laughs> I think we are on yeah. fairly dodgy. Yeah. I think we perhaps ought to move on. We're on dodgy ground. Yes, let's move on. Let's let's, let's leave let's... the Old Testament alone for now, at least. Now, obviously, I'll be reading it later. You may or may not be able to hear this, but there's a bit of it. This is when we do these long distance ones. It's always trickier because there's always more of a lag. So consequently, we do talk over each other just a, a little bit. Apologies for that in advance. There's nothing we can do about it. It is just the tech um, of doing these things over Zoom. Um, and the fact that you never shut up, that's the other... Yeah, well, there's a that, bit... There's, there's a bit an of element of there's that, a, isn't there? Yeah, there's an element of that right, as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you have that one. I'm not <laughs> offended at all. Um, but it might make a fear conversation a little bit tricky. So I think we should talk more about your week. What happens next? When oh. are the shows? Well, the shows are Friday, Saturday and Sunday. This is a three-nighter. And that'll, um, that'll, that'll be... Interesting because, of course, we condensed the three nights into the two nights for Harlem and Padua uh, and haven't rehearsed since. So we've got to reintroduce a good hour of music that we haven't played since Portsmouth. So that might be colourful. Um, we're hoping for fairly long sound checks. Um, but we're playing... Friday, Saturday and Sunday here in Montreal. And until then, uh, I'll just be sort of, you know, staggering about, trying to get the... trying to get into the time zone. Because when you're, when you're five hours adrift, it's not really good for singers because then you're, you're walking on stage to sing at what is sort of 3 a.m. in your head. Mm. And you're, not, you're kind of good for nothing. Um, or I'd probably sink so much Red Bull that I'd have to go to hospital. So right. it's just a case of, of, of coming in early and having a few days to just get into the, the time zone and take the pain and take the jet lag and the sleepless nights and slowly arrive like you do. Um, 
to the point where hopefully by Friday I'll be I'll be halfway decent, you know, in terms of how I feel. I won't be a hundred percent. Japan's worse. For some reason going well, that's eight hours, but going eight hours east is an absolute killer. It's worse for whatever reason. It's harder than going eight hours west. I don't know if you've done it. I've not done it the other way, no. Oh, I haven't. That's hellish. I don't know why. But uh, I've done it two or three times now, and each time it's it's not a coincidence. It is. Whoa. It's a killer. Um, it really messes you up. And even after a week, you, you're still feeling pretty rotten. Mm. I find. I find, Anthony. Anyway, that's what it does to me. Do you want to hear a really shit Yorkshire joke? Go on, let's have a shit Yorkshire joke. <laughs> this bloke from Doncaster, he goes to the vet and the vet says, oh, do come in. What seems to be the problem? And he says, I've come here about cat. Cat's not reet. And he, say, he says, what, what's the matter with the cat? He said, he said can't settle, can't sleep, itching all the time. Itching all the time, bleeding from gums. He said, oh, dear. He said, is it a Tom? He said, no, I've got it here in basket. It's a shit joke. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> I thought your accent was quite good. <laughs> well, I come from there. It's, well, I in know. Theory, I do in know theory, that. it's the only one I can do. <laughs> in practice, well, thought, it's the it only was... one I can do. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought it was probably 15 or 20 miles, you know, closer to Barnsley, but it, it's it might, good. It, it might have been, yeah, it might have been just the wrong side of, uh, of Huddersfield, I don't know. But. I, th- I think you went past the B&Q and kept going for a little while. Not for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> what, why did that pop into your head? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Anthony. I think it was you. Know. It was you, I think. It was, the, it was gazing upon your northernness. Just brought it <laughs> on. <laughs> Do you find... Here's the thing. Right, here's a jet-like question for you. Uh, yeah, yes. Do you find that you're a bit dizzy, like you've just got out of a lift? <sighs> no. I mean, when I've just got out of the lift, I do. But the rest <laughs> of the time... Oh, yes. Um... No, I just feel a little bit, uh, you know, like my blood's been replaced with mercury. Just, just heavy, a little bit pressurised, and um, it's ever so slightly nauseous, and just, just, just right. sort of, just a little bit. Yeah, and I'm, I'm tired of it. Every now mm. and again, I just feel like sitting down on the sofa and having a little kip, which is why I was a bit late onto the podcast, to be honest, because. I'd been up and I'd had a, a tittle about the old town and I'd come back and I'd faffed about with my tech and plugged things in and then I suddenly thought, I could do a little, just a little nap. So mm, A little power nap? Yes. So I had a power nap and then woke up feeling truly dreadful. Um, Excellent. So it didn't work. It didn't work. Right. But- now, when I said dizzy, what I kind of meant was, not dizzy in terms of that, ooh, more a kind of like the like the world slightly moving, like you were stood on top of a a very high building that was just swaying slightly, more right. of a swaying than a dizziness. No, I don't get that. No, you don't I get don't that. I don't get that. I'd like. I wish I did, just so I could agree with you, but I don't. 
I don't oh, get that. Okay. I just get this. Well, look f- out for that. This fuffness. Fuff, fuff, Yes. So, is everybody else there? Are all? Did you all travel out together? Well, we did separate arrangements. Mark never comes with everybody else. Mark tends to come in on a bungee cord ten minutes before sound check. Um, right. Okay. But he's been a bit nagged at this time, and he's going to come tomorrow, which for him is very early. Um, so Mark's coming in tomorrow with the crew. Uh, Pete, Pete and his wife Fiona. Steve and his wife Joe, me and myself and I came yesterday. Ian and Lucy are arriving today, I think, um, for reasons unknown. Um, but um, I, yeah, I don't know why they're coming in, and they're not staying in this hotel either. So I don't know what they're up to. I think Mosley's just said he wants to be near the gig and he doesn't care what it's like. So. Um, He's not. He, Lucy and Ian aren't staying in the hotel. Um, I don't know where Mark's staying. I think he's staying here. But it's nice. I think they're missing a trick. All of them. It's it's a nice spot to be. Uh, so yeah, it was just me, Steve, and Pete yesterday. Ian's today. Mark might be today as well. Uh, I might be getting my wires crossed. I mean, as long as they're all here for the gig, I don't really. Yeah, you don't really mind. I do, it doesn't really concern me. No. So, apart from a bit of cramming on the music that you haven't done since PZ, mm. and then are we literally just talking adjustment, just getting yourself as close to that time zone as you possibly can? Yeah, I'll spend the week just doing that. But, I mean, that's a real luxury because, you know, especially if you've if if you've ever had children... Just to have a few days on your own um, with nothing to do as well, um, if you don't count this podcast. Um, I, I've, it's not like I've got lots to do, really. So I can just be peaceful and quiet and get through the days and enjoy being alive, you know, without anybody... Can you do this? Can you do that? Have you done this? Have you done that? Could you just? Could you just? Could you just? I haven't got a lot of could you just on the go. I mean, I might get an email or two and end up with a couple of could you justs. But at the moment, I haven't got... You're, you're my could you just at the moment. Right. I feel honoured. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. You know, because we could have taken a week off, couldn't we? I mean, we have. it has been known. We have had the odd week off. Not many, to be fair, have we? No, have we, we not many. We many tried to do. Well, I just I think of the listeners, Anthony, and I just thought they might right. they might be just slightly um, curious as to where I am and what I'm doing, especially being as I'm here in Montreal. Not that I've, I'm saying much. It's not like I've I've not I've not kind of enlisted at the circus. Or anything this time. I haven't. We've, we, no, I mean we've not moved the dial in the past twenty-five minutes, really, have we? No, I've not. I haven't. I think I've straightened my legs. I started off cross-legged, and uh, right. the, the listeners will be fascinated to know that I've now straightened them, and that's about it. 
Mm. Um, and we did have a little pre-roll discussion that we're not going to allude to. I'd rather we didn't talk about that, Anthony. No, no. Um, but that was probably the most informative you've been <laughs> over the... <laughs> and we're not even going to share that bit. <laughs> Well, the Russian turning sideways was quite an event. I think the suddenly. Russian, yeah, I think the Russian. Did, no, that's 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 cool. I'll, was that like pre? That. Was Maybe that pre-roll? <laughs> was that? I don't know if that. I, I don't know. I tell you what. On the on the subject, here's something random. This is not even you. This is me. But I'm just. You know what? I've been told I talk too much, so I'm going to go with it. Oh, all right. Go Guess on, who then. I saw today? Oh, I don't know, Anthony. Who did you see? And you're not going to get it, but if I tell you it's somebody you will have seen day in, day out in your youth on the television. Frankie Howard? No. Oh, um... Day in, day out. Think about it. Day in, day out. Oh, what does that kind of mean? Day in, day out. kind of person out. would be on the telly day in, day out? Bill and Ben. No. No. Uh, hang on. Day in, day out. Uh, day in. What kind of people are on, on the te- telly. television every day? Every day they're on there. Um, uh, um, news readers, no, very good. Yeah, a news. So who have I read- seen today? Oh well, you're up north though, aren't you? What, yes. Uh, was it a northern news reader, or was it a kind of? Was it a really well-known one? It wasn't. It was a really well-known one. It wasn't Clive Myrie, was it? Cause oh he, no! Go he, back to the go back to seventies, eighties. Proper oh, I've institution. Go, oh, I've got to go way back. Uh, I can't remember the names of any of them. There was that bloke that had the bags under his eyes. I remember him. Um, then there was Reggie Bosenkett. He was. He, he right, must, go forward a bit. He must be long dead now. He was. Um, yeah, go forward a bit. Not Frank Buff. No, he's dead as well, isn't he? Is he dead? He was shame. He was uh, disgraced, wasn't he? I think Reggie Bosenkett might have been disgraced actually at some point. Wasn't Frank Boff probably <clears throat> smacked off his tits? Oh, I could tell you about Frank Boff because um, I used to have a roadie uh, called—I don't know if I should name him. Anyway, he—he he, his mother was a single mother, so uh, I don't know what happened with his father, but he used to. His mother used to live alone, and Frank Buff used to come round to her at dead of night and administer all kinds of recreational drugs and, you know, mm. have a frank exchange of views with her. Absolutely. And then go, and then go, go home. And at, the, at this point, Frank Buff was on Breakfast TV, like the most wholesome person publicly you could have, you know, like your favourite uncle, wasn't he? For a really long time. And so years before any of the scandal broke, I knew he was dodgy. I knew he was popping round Tuesday, 9th of October. Oh, shit, I got a bit. <laughs> Sao Paulo. <laughs> got up and had <laughs> breakfast. What? That'll Ooh. be the diary then. Oh, that cave was a shock. Uh, and, yes, so I knew Frank Boff was a bit prone to arriving in the small hours with amyl nitrate. To see your mother, um, right? And I used to say, you know, I used to say to people, tell you what I know about him, and they used to say, "Oh, you're a terrible cynic." I'm sure he's very nice. I go, "Oh, you wait and see." Oh, you were so, right on that one. Anyway, he's not who you anyway, saw, is he? No, it, I'll give you a clue. He he was definitely a she. Yes, I was thinking. And it, she looked as immaculate now as she always did. Oh, it wasn't my friend, was it? It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Selena Scott. 
No, uh, no, a bit older. All right, who oh, older than Selena? Well, um, wasn't uh, Valerie Singleton? No. Oh, I give up. Angela Rippon. Angela Rippon. Now, was she the one that danced with Morecambe and Wise? Yes. With the long legs? Yes. Ah, yes, because then she ended up doing that thing with the other two women about people getting ripped off, didn't she? They had that programme. There was three of them, all of sort of that generation where they would look into people who'd been... You know, I watchdog. It was a bit like that. Right. But it was about people being... Being duped and ripped off. Right. So I was in Leeds today <laughs> and I went to a, an event at the Royal Armouries. Can I just say and that if we'd gone on for another two hours, I wouldn't have got Angela Rippon. So it's, as good, it's a good job we bailed when we did. Right, OK. <laughs> so I'm, in, I'm at an event in Leeds at the Armouries and next mm. to the Armouries in that development is where they film Steph's Packed Lunch, that Channel 4 programme. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so she was on that. So she walked uh, out, okay. and then the politician Alan Johnson walked out. Oh yes, I re- yeah, I know, I know what you mean. And then Steph herself walked out. Right. Um, so there we are. That was my day. Gosh. Well, Steph's quite something, isn't she? Oh yes, she's a thing. She's got a big car waiting for her. Oh, I thought you were going to say she's got. <laughs> I won't say what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> you better not. Shall we go to the diary on that bombshell? Uh, well, we I, I kind of went to the diary voluntarily a few moments ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, you're going to edit that in, aren't I'm, you? I'm going to go on purpose now. <laughs> go on purpose, then. Let's get, I'm going on purpose. Have a listen, folks. Tuesday, 9th of October, Sao Paulo. Got up and had breakfast watching the crew arrive with the rest of the band, minus Mark who'd stayed home an extra day for Angie's birthday. Said hi, the buggers got upgraded to business. Nonetheless, Mosley looked like death, said he'd been sick. In reception at 10, there were two girls waiting, Anna and Fabiola who stuck us in a car and drove us to the beach. At the outskirts of Sao Paulo, we picked up more fans, Paolo and his wife, who cried like a baby as we were introduced, and Melissa, who later told us that her ex-husband was a big fan and would be taking us up in a helicopter once we got to the beach. Hope he knows what he's doing. Stopped at Santos FC Football Stadium, home of Pelé and the new megastar Neymar, who I'd previously never heard of, and had a look round the trophy room, they've won a few, before driving out to the helipad. Saw cops gassing up at a gas station, one holding the pump, whilst the rest stood on the forecourt with their hands on their holstered guns. Seemed a bit tense. Asked Paolo why, and he said, There is much violence here. I guess to be a cop in this country is to be a target. The helicopter building looked like something straight out of a John le Carre novel. The terminal was being refurbished, so it was a bit of a building site. 
We picked our way across the shattered marble floor strewn with electric cables and into the hangar where stood a couple of shiny helicopters. Another was outside, fueled up and ready to go. Said hello to the pilot and climbed into the machine. Rothers in the front and me behind with Paolo and Melissa. She was sitting next to me. It was tight in the back but I didn't want to get too cosy with her in case the ex-husband piloting the chopper got the hump and pitched us all into oblivion. Up and away. I've been in choppers before and I'm always amazed by how loud they are. Everyone had big green headphones to talk. It's the only way you can. The doors had been removed, so I was open to the elements and the downdraft. Exciting stuff, although I tried not to think of the crash statistics. The last thing Lynetta said to me as I left the house was, Be careful. And here I am, barely 36 hours later, in a doorless helicopter with a load of people I've never met, swooping over tower blocks and the ocean. Well, he never killed us or I wouldn't be writing this. It was a terrific start to the tour. After that, we all went to a restaurant on the beach and had a late lunch. A lovely experience. Anna and Fabiola drove me back to Sao Paulo while Rothers elected to stay on and meet Melissa's brother, who had invited us over to their home. I was later to discover that Rothers announced he was tired and went to bed upstairs. He certainly has his own uncompromising window on the world. Who else would sleep while everybody else holds a party in their honour? Anna and Fabiola, what a great name, drove me back through the legendarily and permanently gridlocked streets of Sao Paulo. I'm so sorry, they said. Now we really are close. Anna kept saying that for the last half hour of the journey, and I eventually got back to the hotel around seven. Went to bed at eight. Wednesday, 10th of October, Sao Paulo. Went out with Niall in the hot sun. Walked to the shopping mall via a pharmacy to pick up mozzie spray and factor 30. Arrived at the big mall, sweating, and wandered around aimlessly. Lots of luxury goods, nothing I'd personally want. Found a nice American diner type of thing, and we both had Caesar salads, and later a couple of caipirinhas. Chatted about life and work, a typical boy's conversation during which not much is really said. He's a lovely kid, my boy, and I'm very proud of his honest soul and resigned demeanour. But sometimes... I wish he was as naturally articulate as his sister. It's like getting blood out of a stone. Always pleasant company, though. We walked back and said we'd meet up later. Paolo, the promoter, has offered to take band and crew out to dinner at eight o'clock. I think I Skyped home again and then had to leave the hotel at 4.30 to go to KISS FM, the only rock radio station in Sao Paulo. Went there with brothers. More traffic and then an hour hanging about before going on air. Rothers was unusually talkative, and it went well. At eight, we went over to a fabulous restaurant where we all ate copious amounts of meat, drank caipirinhas, and enjoyed the excellent starter buffet of sushi and every kind of salad. I loaded my plate with palm hearts and artichoke hearts. Yum! The meat was as good as it gets, and I was full in no time. I think we were back in the hotel by 10pm, 
but I'll remember it as an astounding meal. I sat opposite Paolo getting to know him. After all these years, I'm slow to judge music business folk, but I like him. He's as Latin as it gets, so smooth that water runs off him, but with an easy and good-humoured temperament. He looks more like a rock star than all of us put together, and he dresses well. He also says he's not doing this tour for the money, but that he's a fan. His two production assistants, Renaton and Baffo, are both good chaps, and the crew speak highly of them. So, all in all, it bodes well for the tour. Thursday, 11th of October. Gig, HSBC Arena, Sao Paulo. There was much to do if I was to have keyboards to play tonight. The keyboard I will have is a locally hired thing. The one I have specified will not be coming as it's not available. I am informed that its predecessor, the Yamaha P200, will be there. I'm not using my usual sound source, the Kurzweil 2500, but have reprogrammed all my sounds into my mic laptop using the main stage program. There is much that can go wrong in the conversion from MIDI to USB and also the merging of my keyboard output with the MIDI output from the Radio Cricket Bat. I had rigged all this at home and got it working perfectly, but I decided to get to the show early along with the rest of the band, each managing their own technical complications, so that I could check everything. Arrived at the hall, and Niall, at my request, had set up the P200 in an upstairs dressing room, so spent the next hour or so working on sounds. The P200 was then moved downstairs so that we could plug up the cricket bat radio system, which, to my surprise, worked perfectly. John Price is a genius. Soundcheck dragged on for more hours, and at 7.30 we were still on stage. Even by our standards, five hours is extraordinary. At 7.30, the doors were opened to the gig and we had to stop. I managed to get back to the hotel for 40 minutes to pick up my things and have a much-needed rest before returning to the gig for the 9pm meet-and-greet, which turned out to me mostly with people I'd been at the beach with yesterday. Showtime was at 10pm. The show went well, really well. Everything seemed to work, and my sound was good, if a bit swimmy. The crowd response was wonderful. Just about everyone I had plain sight of in the front rows were either in a state of rapture or tears. Brazilians are something else, so full of emotion and passion. Fabulous. After the gig, I showered, and then went outside the dressing room to do the photographs and autographs. There was a tray of caipirinhas, so I had a couple while repeatedly being told I was great by all around me. Nice work if you can get it. Bless them all. I'd been the last one out of the dressing room as the only one to shower, and the rest of the band had gone back to the hotel ahead of me. I was driven back alone in the minibus through the slow traffic of Sao Paulo, and when I got to the hotel there were fans in the lobby. God knows how they find out where we are. More photographs and autographs, and then back up to my room on the sixth floor. Peace at last. I put on the TV and began trying to text home, but realised I wasn't feeling too well. Feeling worse and worse with the passing minutes. It was like I'd been poisoned. 
I didn't feel particularly drunk and the room wasn't spinning, but it became obvious I was going to be sick. I had hardly had anything to eat all day. Spent most of the night on the bathroom floor and eventually made it into bed at some point in the middle of the night. And we're back! (laughs) By the way, everybody loved James last week. Didn't they? Yeah, I've seen all the messages. People were lost in admiration of him, weren't they? And and I must confess, uh, you can include me in that. Because anyone who could listen Mm. through all all, all the millions of hours of us tiddling about, they have my sympathy and support. I was, I was, I was very warmed for him that everybody loved him so much. I was, I'd say, I was a little bit jealous. Yeah, I was a little I get bit the, jealous. I get the impression <laughs> that you know, it's kind of rumblings towards James every week, and I thought, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, no, I think next time I see James, he'll probably be wearing a gold cloak or something, and, and won't bother just talking to me. Like you know, I've got no. that kind of feeling. Um, Not a pair in a limo. He'll probably be. He won't actually see me because he'll be being carried shoulder high by people mm. as he goes past. Mm. No, mm. I think we have of course great. jesting because he was lovely. Yeah, he was lovely. He's terrific, terrific. Yes, and we will get him yeah. back on at some point because we're bound to because we're going to need some actual content at some point. So we know where to turn now. We will. We will, yeah. Well, he'll probably have his own podcast by next week at this rate, I should think. Yeah, well, maybe we'll get invited on. Look, we'll get him back on. Yeah. yeah. Um, diary reading, obviously. You're, you're, in, uh, you're in Sao Paulo, aren't you? Was I? Is that where I was? Um, now, let well, me just yeah. think. Let me just think. Let me just think. Let me just think. Because I did read it not that long ago, and I've already forgotten... Uh, you just give me a couple of little nudges, and and I'll I'll jump in. I got a couple of nudges. Well, funny enough, I read it. This, I read it this afternoon, and I can't remember it either. <laughs> um, you went on a helicopter. That's what you did. Oh my lord! Then then yes. Oh, that was yes, a hell of a you day. You went on a helicopter. Yeah, yeah. I got, got arrived in Sao Paulo. Got picked up by. Uh, um, two girls, one of whom was called Fabiola, which is a, a name you can't forget. Was she Anna, no. Anna, Anna and Fabiola, I think it was. And they, they took us in a car to the beach uh, where there was a load more fans and Rothers and I had a bit of lunch with them all and that was really great. And on the way there, we stopped at the Santos Stadium. I mean, I've said all this in the diary. You have. But that was amazing. Um, the home of Pele and Neymar. Um you know, they've produced two legends of football over the years. Um, that was something. And then getting in the helicopter and uh, squeezing up against the wife of the pilot, wondering if he <laughs> wonder if, if he might take exception <laughs> to, the, to the amount of uh, affection his wife was showing me at um, 5,000 feet over the, over the sea um, with, a, with, with, a, with a helicopter with no sides in it, just looking straight down in the ocean. 
<clears throat> and then shortly after, straight down over the top of skyscrapers, thinking, well, I did promise I'd be careful, but this isn't careful, is it? Um, no. But it was terrific, and he didn't kill us all. Um, he didn't bank the helicopter, so I fell out. Um, and uh, I'm still here to tell you about it, of course. And it was a great day. It was a really great day, that. Mm. I really also like the bit that you put at the end where Rothers hung about at whichever house you ended up <laughs> at, but then decided just to take himself off to bed. <laughs> yeah, that's unimaginable, isn't it? They'd have, they were holding a party in his honour. And he said, excuse me, I'm a little tired. I went upstairs and went to sleep, um, which is hysterical and a good indicator. So of... revered is he in South America? So revered is he and also so self-contained that, uh, you know, he doesn't... He's not a man who worries too much about offending the fans. <laughs> <laughs> And they love him all the more for it, which is, you know, fair enough. But he's so polite, though, isn't he? He does think, I mean, he does things in such a polite way. Yeah, that it's kind of almost impossible to be oh, offended. Really, what's that noise? Oh, I think it was just a lorry reversing. Yeah, no, he's very polite, but he's he's very of his own. Can't, he's in he's in his own sort of world. I've not met too many people like him. Can you hear that beeping? Yeah, it sounds like a lorry reversing. Oh, that's probably what it is. And yeah, there's a... I mean, the other thing about Montreal, I've probably been coming here for about 30 years now and the road has been dug up. And it's it seems like the same bit of the same road is dug up that was dug up 30 years ago. And I don't know what it is they're doing, but according to the locals... They dig it all up and put, put you know, electric cables under it and then fill it in and then go, oh, we forgot the gas. And they dig it all up again and put, put gas pipes in and fill it all in and go, oh, what about, what about the cable for the Wi-Fi? And so I think there's somebody who's got this sort of permanent contract to keep digging up the road who, who deliberately, you know digs it up again every time they've filled it in because it's good for business. And the whole, the whole city is, is... The road system is knackered and dug up and always has been. And it's become a standing joke. And I, one of the first things I said when I got off the plane to Anik was, is the road still up? And she went, oh, yeah. Um, so there we are. It's a very dug-up kind of... There's always somebody digging something up in Montreal and there's always trucks reversing... So it's like, are you digging Montreal? No, but I know a man who is. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I, know. I know a great many people who are. Yes, they're all at it. <laughs> I, I'm going to come up with a little suggestion now uh, about something we've never done before. Oh. Right, are you ready for this? I, I'm not sleeping with you, Anthony. No, 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 no. It's not a chat-up line. I'm just checking. No, just... Distance will be a challenge. Uh, so we can publish for the patrons. We can publish photos as well as... So we do the audio for the patrons, obviously, and the extra bits of audio, but we can actually publish photos. Why don't you... Why don't you do a little collection, a little purple-only 
Montreal collection while you're out and about doing your stuff. Oh, all right then. How do I do them? What do I do? I go on. Just the... take just take some photos. Yeah, and we'll sort it out later. Oh, all right. Well, I took three today while I was wandering around the old town. So I could send I could send you those to be going on with. Have they got your your kind of signature top of my head head selfie thing? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that's called. Yeah. A forehead selfie, a felfie. <laughs> a topsy. A topsy. Topsy, I like topsy. <laughs> oh, send us some topsies. All right, then. And I'll share them with the purples. Lucy might get cross because I normally send them to her. But what the heck? It'll do her good. She's never going to know. All right. She'll find out. She knows everything. I know she'll find out. She'll know, she'll find out. Oh, by the way, I should just let the purples know, or, or anybody for that matter, every, the listeners know that. Um, let me get the date right. October the 3rd, I think it's a Tuesday. I'm I'm going to do a little ancient actual at the Crooked Billet in Stoke Row. Um. And I think tickets have gone on sale. I wasn't going to mention it because I didn't know it had gone on sale, but I think it's gone on sale. And uh, he said they're flying out. So um, it's not cheap. I think it's like 30 quid a head. Uh, it might be 35 quid a head. But you get, you get dinner first included in it because um, it's a bit of a gastro pub, the Crooked Billet. And then... And then there's a show afterwards. And the the guy who runs the Crooked Billet is a big fan of the band. It's not the guy that was running it when we played it all those years ago. It's another guy called Paul. And he's been hustling me like hell to do something, and I decided I would. And I think it's going to be very intimate. I think it only holds 70 people. So if you fancy that and you can get down, it's just outside Henley. And it's October the 3rd, so check it out. I think it broke cover today, so uh, I think you, you're fine. I think uh, I saw something pop up today about it. Right, cool. So that's that's lovely. On the subject of things to just tell Purples, uh, and I've mentioned this to you before, but um, Jeff, mm. um, crowdfunding Jeff, has written a book. I don't know <laughs> if we've talked and spoken about this or not. Yes, Jeff Pelletier. Um, um, and it's, it's called The Invention of Crowdfunding. And I believe, I believe he is doing a signing over the weekend at some point. He so is. So I just said I'd shout it out. Yep, he is. I, I'm off the top of my head, I don't have the when and where's, but I'm sure you can track it down. He um, sent me a PDF with the details. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll put... I'll find some way of linking it to the notes or putting it on the notes or putting it out for, yeah. the, for the people so they can see it. Perfect. So that's, that's lovely. Right, I'm going to leave you to, um, well, to contemplate melatonin. <laughs> I'm putting it on my tomatoes. <laughs> oh, the jury have reached a verdict in the um, Trump civil rape trial. But I've got the sound down, so I don't know what it was. Man, they haven't said he's... Guilty, so I would have thought that would have been the they would have been writing that on the screen, wouldn't they? But the jury would have reached, so. reached a verdict. Keep quiet. Maybe we don't know yet. Keep quiet, I'll give you a million quid. That was probably yeah. the verdict. But we'll I see. I think that'll be it. Yeah. 
All righty. Well, all right. I'll 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 talk to you soon, man. Yep. Well, yeah. Should we say goodbye to everybody else? Yeah. Oh, goodbye, everybody else. Thank you for listening. Sorry, we didn't say one single damn thing this week that was informative or uh, of use. Yeah. Bring back James. <laughs> Hashtag bring back James. Get rid of H. Bring back James. <laughs> Maybe I could just sort of discreetly climb off this horse and James could climb on and it could carry on running. That'd be the In end like an it. Indiana Jones fashion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, he's gone. Oh, there's another bloke on. Oh, fine. God, he's better than that other bloke, isn't he? People would say. <laughs> Oh, I miss the accents, though, don't you? Don't you miss the accents? (laughs) Have we finished? Well, it's high time I did some shout-outs. In the event of there being no Croomcast. So, I've been getting a bit behind on myself. I'd like to say thank you to Christian Leidecker, to Vipke Binderman, to Daniel Hamby, to Ted Miller, to Sally Aykroyd, and to Melinda Saminski. Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.